0: Welcome back to World on Drugs, everybody. I am your host, Steve Fury. Good to see you. we got a hell of a show right now, our first two-parter. We do a deep dive into white supremacist gangs in America, groups, neo-Nazis, all that type of stuff. If you want to know where they came from, you know why they started, this is the episode. This is going to be our first two-parter, and why is that? It's because we got a new uh, researcher on. I want to give him a shout-out, Robin Fitch McCullough. My man might have a uh, first name of a woman, but um, he's a badass, ex-military uh, man, um, and he fucking crushed this. We got a new little setup we're doing, new little uh, format. I think you guys are going to really love it. We uh, pump out some information up top, then we do a quick overview so you can learn it better, and we keep doing that throughout. <sighs> Just very happy, you know, this was a great episode. Life's been pretty good for me recently. Um, this guest is Zach Chapeloni um, Bay Area comic that lives in LA. You may have seen him on uh, MTV's Party Stories. He was on the last episode of Shameless, that great TV show, the William H. Macy. He uh, closed out that bad boy. He's been in, I mean, if you're in the Bay Area, he's on like every fucking commercial. This guy, to me, is one of the funniest dudes that no one's heard of. A lot like Nick Aragon last week, you know, a guy I'd like to shine some light on. Can I get bigger guests? Maybe, but uh, probably. But, you know, I'm noticing that the chemistry with guys that are actually my friends and guys that I find really funny is working a lot better. If you want to check him out more, check, follow him on Zach Chapeloni on Instagram and follow his podcast, Hesby Street. Uh, great podcast, also uh, co-hosted by Emily Catalano, who's done Conan, and also co-hosted by... A friend of mine, Torrio Van Grohl, um, had a little bit of allergies for the last couple of days. Um, Torrio, I was just with him in San Diego. want to give it a shout out to all our listeners that came out to the San Diego show last Friday, American Comedy Co. We sold it out. I'll probably be back. It was a true blessing. Um, that was a great day, you know. Drew Drove the new Lexus. Not new, but new to me. Bought that bad boy for my birthday. Um... Drove down with my buddy Hormos Rashidi. He's going to be on this podcast. We went down early. Got some ceviche at Oscar's Seafood Restaurant. Sat by the beach. Napped for a couple hours. Went to Coin up. Uh San Diego is wide the fuck open. They do not care about anything. I mean, they have a Coin Op open. If you know what Coin Op is, that's like a... Um, it's a arcade that they serve finger foods at. So imagine if uh, there's a rampant disease, virus going around, and people are playing games that they share, and then eating chicken wings after, but no one got sick, can't really blame on anything, anybody, their numbers seem to be fine, and it was a fucking blessing, so once again, shout out to all you guys who came out, it just, the world's coming back, guys, it's coming back, and it feels so good, and it's weird, you know, man, you just... The things that you used to do and take for granted are now treats, and I think it's going to stay for a couple years here that we're going to be remembering how bad it was to stay inside, and we're going to be living it, guys, and I think the next three to four years is going to be the roaring 20s. We're all going to have a great time. If you're single, go fucking mouth kiss and bang as many people as you can. If you got a great spouse, go have fun, man. This is the time that we're going to remember for the rest of our lives. Doesn't matter your age. Doesn't matter your ethnicity. Doesn't matter your religion. Go out, have fun, and live your fucking life, guys. This is so great. Had a great time at that show. Um. If you want to see me soon, I will be, the week this comes out, 4.28 to 5.3. I'll be in San Francisco doing a bunch of shows. Check my Instagram. I'll be there uh, doing like three to four shows a night. So make sure you go to one. If you want to hang out with me or grab a beer after, make sure you go to a show that's a little bit later. Um, otherwise, man, you know, the podcast getting bigger. Help, Thanks to you guys, uh, slowly but surely. Lightweight been thinking about changing the name. Um, I think World on Drugs is an excellent name. Very catchy. But the problem is I feel like if you're scrolling through Spotify or Apple and you're looking at different podcasts, I feel like the name doesn't really say what we're doing. So I have an artist from Portugal. Uh, revamping a new logo same woman who did the last one I mean honestly the world on drugs logo is one of my favorite things about this podcast and I'm thinking about you know just cutting bullshit cutting any fat and just calling the podcast warlords drug dealers and criminals so that when people search you know just through Spotify for new podcasts they can see this they'll try it out and they'll see that we now got a backlog about 10 about 10 episodes deep I would say 7 to eight or about guys no one's ever heard about or things that people uh don't know and that we've shined a light on which is the whole the whole thing about this podcast man because i'm tired of hearing about fucking Griselda blanco and el chapo once again shout out to my guy robin finch mccullough he added a whole new spice this episode hopefully he can keep coming back he did a great job the guys thank you for listening um Once again, Zach, one of the funniest comics working today. Check out his podcast. This one is our first two-parter. The information is so um, specific and good that we just had to stretch it out, man. Just had to stretch it out. And I think it's worth it. And it's going to be two episodes now, one this week, one next week. And, you know, we tried to go as unbiased as we can. Listen, you you guys know I'm, I'm from California, kind of a libtard cuck. But, you know, the information we got... Um, were from educational articles, uh, books, independent research. I'm not trying to push any propaganda or um, points of view. I mean, I do because I'm a guy just talking about shit. But um, this is from what I did my research and another guy spending multiple hours trying to find stuff pretty unbiased and stuff that I think you can take to the bank. And honestly, this is one of my favorite episodes. It's going to be a little bit more... Um, fact-driven and date-driven than just kind of comedy where some of ours are, but I, I mean, if anyone ever wants to talk to you about white supremacist groups or neo-Nazis in America, you're gonna have the info. And we go a deep dive, and it was a fucking blast, man. I think you guys are gonna really love this episode. Make sure you share it with your friends, you know. It's a secret we have between you and me, but let's get some more people listening here, you know what I mean? Just for us, you know. Let's make it a party. You guys, me, the world. Once again, Zach Chapeloni follow him. This podcast is going to get good. First, uh, First episode is out now. The second part is going to be out in a week. And after that, we do the Bamboo Union. A Taiwanese gang you never heard of. And we're going to have one of my best buds and Taiwanese comic, uh, Jason Chenney, to kind of explain the whole thing. So, guys, sit back, smoke a joint, drink a beer, enjoy this episode, enjoy life. It's coming back, and I couldn't be happier. Love you guys. See you at the show
1: soon.
0: What's up, Zach? Thanks for coming in, buddy. <laughs> Yo! Started in hot, out of nowhere. You are mid sense.
1: I just came in at you. 100%. Zero to 100.
0: Zero to 100, real quick. Um, this episode, man, is uh, got it's going to be an interesting episode. Normally, we try and focus a little more on the funny. This one, we got really in-depth on the nuances of white supremacist groups in America and how they came here and the big political people and things that push them to where they are now.
1: I thought you said it wasn't going to be funny. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, a lot of bits there, a lot of stuff that I'm allowed to talk about. Um, this episode is actually, we got a new researcher this week, uh, Robin Fitch McCullough. That is a man. He is a ex-military guy. He crushed it, uh, but that's why this episode is so detail-laden. Um, we're going to get pretty deep into the stuff and learn a lot. Like, I, Like, after, like, Giving what the researcher gives me and then I do my after stuff, it's like I get scared that I'm going to get on the list after looking up like every oh, yeah. important white supremacist person that's ever lived.
1: Yeah, right, right. And then liking at the bottom yeah. of the page. And then <laughs>
0: subscribing and then sharing it. Just and one of those random people off. that comments, great article. <laughs> Intuitive and gave me a different way to think about things. So what I'm going to go through in this one is going to be a little bit different. I'm going to go through a short timeline okay. uh, of these th- pretty much four different three to four different eras. That uh, Robin has found that the white supremacy came to be. Uh, the first one is going to be the Reconstruction Era, and that's kind of the basis of KKK, and it starts around the 1865. Right, post-Civil War. Post Civil War stuff. Stuff's coming back, and uh, it's actually pretty interesting stuff. So what I'll do is I'll go through something, probably like five, ten minutes of some maybe boring stuff, okay. just dates, and then we'll go over synopsis, and feel free to jump in, make anything funny that you can. Um, dude, I
1: kind of geek out on like random history like this. So I love, that's what I love about what this
0: show does. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, this one's especially good because there's so much stuff I hadn't learned about. And it's so like every year it gives what their biggest one. So let's just jump into it if you want. Yeah, I might know some. You might know some. Yeah. yeah. Your name came up quite a bit. <laughs> a, little bit <laughs> a little bit scary, to be honest with you. <laughs> I was
1: about to say, dude, my mentor uh, yeah. he really just yeah. took me in for David Duke. <laughs> was
0: you and David Duke. I didn't know you guys were besties. <laughs> so. We nail it down to it really starting this new era of white supremacy and white supremacist groups and Nazi neo-Nazi stuff to start around December 6th, 1865, when the 13th Amendment ratified prohibiting slavery in the United States. We're pretty much saying it started then because before then, I feel like everyone was just a racist and wasn't yeah. like white supremacist groups. Right. It was just like. The average norm right? We're like, oh, that's a group. Yeah, that's a (laughs) group. I thought that was everybody. I thought that was dark. Start air breathers. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we're getting in there. Um, About three weeks later, on December twenty fourth, eighteen sixty five, Ku Klux Klan is founded as a social club in Pulaski, Tennessee. About three years later, on April on eighteen sixty seven, Confederate General Nathan Bedford Forrest became the first Grand Wizard of the KKK. The KKK begins tra- targeting African-Americans and government institutions across the South. So my favorite thing here is like, I feel like, I don't know, I've been traveling a lot and going to the South. Yeah. And you always hear like these people are like, it was the South didn't secede because of slavery or states rights. It was a taxing thing. And it's like, oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but your general was the first Grand Wizard of the KKK.
1: Yeah. Right. It's like you guys aligned an awful lot for Yeah, having yeah. nothing to do with each other. It's like,
0: babe, I never cheated on you. I just married the nanny that you thought I was fucking who has a kid just look on me.
1: I freelance at the strip club. It's a side hustle.
0: I'm passionate about my work. I keep the underwear. I wash them for the ladies.
1: <laughs> I Wait, does it, does it say, like, why Grand Wizard? You
0: know? No. W- you know what, man? I s- then started re-going through this stuff and adding more stuff, and it just I took this. I wonder why they picked that name. Yeah. You know? Like, instead of, like, general or... Maybe, I'm thinking maybe in like 1865, the thoughts of maybe a wizard being real was a lot more higher than it is now. <laughs> right. So they were just like, "Grand wizard, he eh, might be magical racist powers."
1: It was, it was clickbait. Yeah, it was clickbait. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: how can we make people people love to hate black people? People <laughs> love magic.
1: <laughs> I'm not particularly racist, but you you say there's going to be a wizard at this <laughs> event tonight?
0: <laughs> a grand <laughs> wizard? All right, let's get into it. Hold on. So July 9th, 1868, the 14th Amendment is ratified, establishing citizenship criteria and equal protection for all citizens other than the law. You can kick this cat off. It's just very nice. Her name's Hallie. In
1: 1868
0: to 1871, Ulysses S. Grant is elected and uses the U.S. Army and the U.S. Marshals to begin to pursue the Klan. So this is kind of the interesting thing I knew. In the beginning, they were really trying to get rid of these racists in the South. Like, it wasn't so much, it was are like, kind of what we see, honestly, right when this thing ends, that yeah. they kind of just pull out of the South and kind of let it what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Ulysses S. Grant and a lot of these guys, probably because they fought against them in the war, had a lot more, uh, were a lot more pissed off at these guys and wanted to make sure that they weren't doing the shit that they were doing.
1: Right, right. Scorched have, earth.
0: Yeah, scorched earth. And they weren't trying to come back to, you know, having to deal with this shit one more time. So, from where, so uh, after Ulysses S. Grant. Has the army and the marshals begin to sue the Klan, uh, the 15th Amendment is ratified. The Department of Justice is created to enforce Reconstruction policies in the South and combat the KKK. So that's an interesting thing that the. De- I never knew that the Department of Justice, one of their main things was to combat the KKK. I Me mean neither. You know, I yeah. mean. Because apparently, like, from what I understand, the FBI with, like, Hoover and stuff, he kind of really wanted to uh, subdue African-Americans and black people in in America. Right. But it seems like, you know, just because, like, the fighting was so fresh in these guys' minds, they really fucking hated— I don't know if they hated people that were racist against black people, but they fucking hated Southerners. Yeah, interesting. And they really start kicking their ass. In 1871, the Klan is largely dismantled by the federal government. Other organizations such as the White League and the Red Search are created in an attempt to suppress black voters and continue their ideologies. So essentially, clans cut down, but it splinters away more things. It's like,
1: how can you stop it? It's like, all right, knock it off. We're going back north, but no more. No
0: more. Yeah, you guys stop. And he's like, okay. He just turns on a different shirt. <laughs> it's
1: like telling you to stop fighting your your cousins yeah. or your siblings. It's like,
0: you cannot sell computers anymore. It's the best guy. He takes off wearing a Target shirt. It's like, What? But, you know, that's kind of what I've seen in a lot of this shit, man. Mm-hmm. And I'm not to say that one giant evil group is better than when things get splintered into smaller groups. But when you take out the top guy, not often does it just end everything. Yeah. What it does is just splinters in these small, f- far smaller, more radical, violent groups. Yeah,
1: it's almost like right, like the that mythical creature. I don't know what it's fucking called, but you cut it off and, like, two heads come back, you know? Like so, a worm? No, it's like that, that dog thing.
0: Cerberus was the dog, I oh, think. Oh,
1: yeah, Cerberus.
0: Okay, so, April 13th, 1873, the Colfax Massacre. Dozens of black militia from the 6th Louisiana State Militia Regiment are captured and subsequently massacred by white supremacists in Colfax, Louisiana. Violence between the white supremacists and African Americans and government officials is widespread in the South at this time. Hmm. You're going to see Louisiana, man. They come up a couple times in here on the wrong side.
1: Interesting. Multiple they times. They always
0: brag about being like a cultural melting pot. Did you know David Duke was a fucking senator there? No. Yeah, for 40 years. Holy shit. Yeah, after he... We'll, we'll get into David Duke later. Uh, this is a huge one, and one we're actually going to do a little deep diving, because I never heard about this. September 14th, 1874, the Battle of Liberty Place. White supremacists temporarily overthrow overthrow the government of Louisiana, but order is restored when the U.S. Army and Navy reoccupy the city.
1: That it's is like the capital storming. It's all exactly over again. like
0: the capital. What we're gonna hear is pretty much exact like this. Because right now we're gonna go a lot deeper into this. Because, like I said, you know, there's so much shit in the white supremacist thing that it's you go real quick. But some of these we gotta go. Kinda, right, 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 right. Gotta go a little deeper.
1: I, I hear you. I mean, the only difference is like the capital storming was. There yeah. was a reason. Yeah, a couple weeks ago. You know, and these an got- election
0: was stolen, Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And QAnon, the pedophiles, are taking everybody. Right. I save mean, our children. Save our children, for sure. Oh, man. By the end of the so, we're now we're going to uh, tell what everybody, uh, explain to you what the Battle of Liberty places. Okay. White supremacists overthrow the government of Louisiana September fourteenth, eighteen 1874. By the end of the Civil War in April 1865, the United States Army had grown from a small volunteer force of 16,000 men to a modern machine comprised of over 600,000 veterans and conscripts. After fighting petered out after Robert A. Lee's surrender at Appomattox, the Army and Navy still had to occupy southern cities, pur- pur- pursue war criminals, and enforce new laws, chiefly the Emancipation Proclamation and the new amendments to the United States Constitution that ended slavery and promised equal rights to Americans. The task was complicated by resistance by white supremacists, many of whom were former Confederate soldiers. Right.
1: That shit would be hard, man. I mean, it's just running back mentality, like on the courts. You know, yeah, but, dude, you lost, bro. You gotta you make way. Another team wants to play. It
0: would be like if you like beat up a kid, and then to make sure you never beat him up again, you then lived in his house with all his brothers, <laughs> right, and his parents. The Police state, absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah, that's what these guys felt. I mean, they were wrong, but they probably felt like these motherfuckers killed my family. Right. They're trying to steal my way of life. I mean, they're wrong. Their family they should have done. Totally. Wrong. But you wake up every day, I mean, and you walk outside and the soldiers fucking yeah. like, keep
1: it moving, dude. Don't fucking try any funny in shit.
0: In your house, dude? Yeah. Woo-hoo-hoo, you'll be pissed. Mm-hmm. By the time Ulysses S. Grant was elected in 1868, much of the South had been lost again to vigilantism and insurrection. Newly elected Republican state governments in the Army, supported by freed, slaved, and carpetbaggers northerners who immigrated to the south after the war were under siege by white supremacist groups that would be an interesting man i don't i'm gu- i mean i'm guessing i'd have to learn more and i probably should have looked up more of why the fuck would you move to the south as i know. a Northerner?
1: i guess business opportunities like yeah you probably kind of, like it's like moving out to where you could be the first to open this you yeah know? You or they
0: probably maybe gave tax breaks Right. Maybe they took out some of the head guys of these places that used to be. Yeah. And uh, early gentrification. Mm Mm-hmm. White people were already we, we we gentrify so much we gentrify other white people <laughs> we gentrify the whitest white people. the whitest <laughs> people you could ever have some such as the outlaw Jesse James had never stopped fighting the Civil War and had turned their irregular Confederate units into organized gangs engaged in robbery arson murder and theft I feel like you kind of learn that when you watch these like old timey movies mm-hmm. like the d- the dudes are kind of always wearing like an old Confederate outfit yeah. Dusty, Dusty, tattered, and the worst, man. Like these guys. That's the one thing about the South is like these motherfuckers wearing like wool on wool outfits. Yeah, layers. People probably Vets. smelled like
1: shit. Like, like I don't ever think about that, but like I think
0: about it all the time. This, this is a, a stick up. You're like, dude, take whatever you want. And get out of this train. <laughs> Someone's here. How do you know? I can smell their bo. <laughs> it smells very southern. That yeah that's one thing That I always listen to And always watch these things I'm like god damn These people fucking sing And like are you like Banging the same prostitute That everyone's been banging. Oh like, yeah oh. I
1: bet you knew There was a brothel At a bar Once you walked in Oh yeah
0: <laughs> Well it's probably The cleanest people Cause I mean And also I heard like You would like share Bath water and shit Right
1: right it's just Fucking nightmare
0: Gnarly Other groups were former Confederates that supported the Democratic Party that opposed Lincoln, and they created their own new military militia organizations. You know, like back in the day, Republicans and Democrats, it was a switch kind of thing. Still others, like the Ku Klux Klan, became engaged in a terrorist campaign against the government and against black communities, as well as the white Northerners and Southern Unionists that supported emancipation. Grant's reelection brought a renewed vigor to the fight against white supremacy, but violence only increased. A controversial election in Louisiana in 1872 had seen two rival boards certify the results, one supporting a pro-Grant Republican candidate and the other supporting an anti-Grant Democratic candidate. This kind of seems like exactly what fucking happened. With Trump. With Trump. Yeah. People are f- are getting fed information from their only one thing and thinking that it's right. Mm-hmm. Violence peaks with the Colfax Massacre in April 1873 when a group of black U.S. Army troops were attacked and massacred by white militia. The federal government certified the pro-grant candidate and by 1874 louisiana was divided with a pro-government legislature ruling from city hall in new orleans and a separatist faction controlling white rural areas around the city that's gnarly also the same fucking thing that's now yeah you look at like people in cities who tend to be one way and the people out and also like rough to be like just roaming factions of ex militia going to kill you and do weirdo shit. It's just like, don't go into the woods at night. Don't get yep, all that stuff, man. It's so scary too cuz these are actually guys which is something that found uh in actually a lot of the other stories is like you can see when these criminal criminal organizations take a huge leap is when they start uh getting ex military on their on their team. Yeah,
1: cuz now they have the tactics.
0: Cuz you got the tactics, you got the not, subordination, like dudes are, they look to people that are ranked higher than as a thing of authority. They're not going to say it wrong, and they now know how to, you know, go into a building, take it over from different ways. And right.
1: Pulls. It's like a full-on syndicate.
0: Yeah, that's really it. Start, starts to take a big bump, and with these roaming psychos around, that's what happens. Perpetrators of the Colfax Massacre organize themselves into an organiz- organization called the White Man's League, also known as Hockey NHL. A lot <laughs> of people don't know that. The White Man's League mustered 5,000 volunteers to march on New Orleans, defending the city where the newly informed and racially integrated New Orleans Metropolitan Police, as well as units of pro government militia and a company of regular U.S. Army troops and customs officials. Really funny, you know, that they had customs officials back then, right? <laughs> like, what? What are you searching what for? What is
1: he? Is he just smelling people? Yeah, Don't yeah he Get yeah.
0: <laughs> Where's this fruit from? Is this fruit from Nepal? I I don't know. I can't tell. (laughs)
1: Guy gave it to me, man.
0: Potato sack. (laughs) My life is terrible. I'm wearing (laughs) the same underwear I've worn for four years. Please just let me me go in here. Ordered to disperse, the White League overran the police and using a captured cannon stormed City Hall. Republican officials, including the governor, took shelter at a customs house, which was under siege. Grant ordered two regiments of the U.S. regular infantry supported by naval gunboats to reoccupy the city. By the 24th, first, the White League has surrendered their arms and positions with a promise that if they gave up their arms, they would not be prosecuted. What a deal. What a deal. That just doesn't happen anymore. I mean, well, white people still get that one. I know. I feel like a couple of the people on this one kind of got it still. Yeah. Like the last uh, storming? storming of the Capitol. I mean, the the parallels between this and what happened there. I know. I was just thinking, dude, what if they got a cannon?
1: You know, like.
0: Anyway, cannons would fucking suck, man. Imagine just like whew, a big rock comes through your house, destroys everything. Yeah. And you're like in the amount of time that it takes to reload that you're like, is it done? Yeah. Are they still firing giant rocks in my house? And moving it? You know, and the whole moving?
1: neighborhood would be like, bro, there's a fucking cannon. They're moving towards City Hall.
0: <laughs> no, Come there's on. not. I didn't see. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I should have believed you about the cannon. So uh, after they su- submit, uh, give up their their arms and just and because they're not going to be prosecuted. Right. Also, 30- oh, they did take the deal. Yeah. 32 men had died, though, and for oh. a further two years, the city was under military occupation. By 1891, white supremacists had successfully taken over the legislature, constructing a monument to the White League in the heart of New Orleans. It was not removed until 2017. Dude, I remember
1: actually my brother, who's lived there for like 10 years, him and his girlfriend went to the protest of that statue and i was like what is that like he's like dude there is some deep fucking history here that i don't even know As like a california boy but it's fucking intense and that's crazy to think that like they got shut down like a police state and they're like we're building this statue and it's like all right build your fucking statue." yeah like, why I mean- are you letting them still do anything
0: What happened? They're a terrorist organization. Fifteen years later, they were able to take over the legislature and construct a monument to the White League in the heart of New Orleans. And then I remember, see though, when people paint this shit of like removing historical monuments and stuff, they're just they go like, ah, this might be racist. But if someone was just was like, hey, this was a monument put up to people who attacked the fucking U.S. government, yeah. Who could say that they needed this up?
1: Yeah. And they lost. Yeah. And, and they, they were lost. fucking shameful. Yeah. And then they're uh, like, all right, well, we're going to. I mean, it would be like if a group of extremist Muslims were like, let's build an Osama statue. Yeah. You know? It's like, bro. So they took no. over Detroit and then they built <laughs> yeah. Osama bin Laden You're statue. You're the
0: bad guy. No. And people are like, no, no. You can't take down it's our history. We're like, all yeah. read about that shit. We don't need to put it up. Right. March 4th, 1877. Pro- President William Hayes withdraws U.S. troops from the South in exchange for Democratic support, leaving white supremacists largely in control of state capitals in the former Confederacy. So that's kind of how, like I said, Ulysses S. Grant, all these guys were just, they were like, bam, get these motherfuckers out, get these motherfuckers out, get these motherfuckers out. Then this guy, William Hayes, who... I've never heard of him in my life. No idea he was a president. Um, yeah. He takes those guys out and he says, just support me. So then now the shit can fester. The people can get into higher ports of the government.
1: Dude, that is. I mean, the parallels here with now are yeah. crazy, bro. Yeah. It's you, like hard not to talk about. Like, I don't want this to be about politics now, but there's no way that, yeah. like, it's not history repeating itself. Yeah,
0: I'm not going to say on whose side, or, but if this stuff does seem uh, like it happened recently. Yeah. And, There's that, no matter what. I mean, and I didn't get this information, and neither did uh, my guy Robin. We didn't get it from MSNBC or CNN or anything like that. We got these from educational articles and independent research. Independent research. So, if you guys want to check out any of the stuff, uh, our references, you know, I put that at the end. So, that's the beginning. That's it right there. So, dude, we need to like
1: educate people on William Hayes. I swear, because that lesson of like. There's always going to be some guy that's like, dude, I'll take the power and yep. break every rule in the book. If I get to be the most fucking like the strongest guy to back.
0: And That's literally what our whole politics is based on right now is a guy being like, all right, I'll let you drill wherever you want. Yeah, but you got to put me and, then, <laughs> right. and it's like, no, we fought f- so that he couldn't drill anymore. All right. You're right. fucking us. It's just benefiting you. you. Only you. But then he like pretends to be... I mean, like I'm not saying Biden's not a part of this either. No, you know? totally. Fuck Biden. Fuck totally. all those people. The deals they make mm-hmm. just to keep their names at yep. the top of the list. So the overview... So we're here for the overview. The ideology of white supremacy in the American Civil War, 1860 to 1900. Slavery and white supremacy was enshrined in the constitutions with the three-fifths clause. That countered unfree persons as three-fifths of a person for the purpose of appropriationing membership in the U.S. House of Representatives during the census. Protecting white supremacy and slavery was the primary motive of Southern secessionists leading up to and during the Civil American War. Ending slavery and white supremacy in the South becomes the primary motive of the U.S. government in the Civil War. First, as a means to destroy the willpower and infrastructure of the South, and secondarily to establish a more equal system of government and represent th- that represented the ideals enshrined in the Declaration of Independence. Hmm. So that's that's what I kept saying. You know, it just seemed like, honestly, it seemed like in the beginning of this shit, the government had it good. Like like we're doing the right shit. We're really trying.
1: Yeah. To no, fix it was a everything. noble cause yeah. yeah As they always start out
0: Yeah And then that fucking William Hayes cunt Left the fucking place
1: Yeah but I'm sure There were people I mean it's just When you're the minority yeah. You know like There are probably Racist white people In the north That were like Alright well I mean, probably I'm just every- not gonna speak up yeah.
0: It's not trending right now I would say Yeah 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 It's
1: like, <laughs> it's like I don't wanna be cancelled dude
0: uh, Yeah just cancelled back then It's just like a, a crow brings you a letter That everyone knows Now <laughs> that you were cancelled Yeah yeah, like, I mean, definitely everyone back there, probably even you. you'll see, there were, like, white supremacists in the sense that they probably thought they were better than it, been black people yeah. or minorities, but they just weren't for... I mean, the fact that they agreed on three-fifths of a person yeah. means pretty much everyone
1: was like, look, yeah. they're not people, but they shouldn't be slaves. <laughs> it's weird that that's a number. I know, three-fifths. Because then it's also like... Is that to prevent two people from getting together to count as one vote? It's like, uh, no, now you're like one and some change. change. That's and
0: too we want We want a nice round. Yeah, I love. They're just like every black person equals a white guy with no arms or legs. <laughs> so use that. <laughs> the assassination by L- of Lincoln by a northern white supremacist complicates this task. Former Confederates and white supremacists actively undermine efforts to rebuild the South along new lines. Chief among the antagonists are the Klu Klux Klan. Founded as a social club, the organization quickly becomes the primary advocate for violence against the government, institutions controlled by the federal government and the Republican Party, as well as newly freed slaves. The elections of Ulysses S. Grant in 1868 seized the South, placed under military occupation for the second time. Though the Klu Klux Klan is effectively dismantled, other organizations take its place, Many former f- Confederates opposed the new state government, such as Jesse James. They turned to smuggling and robbering. In mm-hmm. Louisiana, the state government is overthrown by white supremacists. This process continues until 1877, when the last federal crups, troops occupying the South are withdrawn. Over the ensuing decades, white supremacists take control of the state legislators and usher in the era of Jim Crow.
1: Yeah. So they, they,
0: they aren't going out down without a fight, dude. No, they but fucking did it.
1: F- yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, they they learned you know from all right like robbing banks isn't really doing much you know like the jesse james model isn't lasting Yeah that long. one's not doing good.
0: Yeah, but maybe we could like run for office, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's i mean I mean also, you know, to say like when the fucking guys took over the Louisiana state government and no one gets in trouble, yeah. maybe that lays a fucking a fucking ground that if you fuck up and mm-hmm. you just hold your ground, you might be okay. Like maybe if those guys were all Killed. Killed? Yeah. I mean, executed. But then you're arguing, like, is that... Exactly. It's a s- slope that now the government can execute people that are going against it. I don't nas- necessarily agree with that. Do I think that if these group of guys that did that shit would have been murdered, could have been better? I don't know. It's like, I I
1: personally think they should have been murdered. Yes. But I
0: also understand that by doing that, you're also setting... A... You're creating martyrs. Yeah. And you're creating this thing. Like, now these guys aren't just, like dumb racists that did a thing they're like you know the saint john billy bob johnny boy you know yeah like the people now look up to this person which another and they're
1: sub- clearly not going to stop gathering you yeah. know
0: like the fear won't ever shake that out of them it's just
1: they gather more secretly
0: yep all right Bam. okay so we're gonna go now to the next era which is nazism and white supremacy in the united states which goes about 1910 to the 1940s It really all pops off with the banger, everyone's favorite movie, Birth of a Nation, Mm. is released. Uh, This renewed interest in the KKK, uh, and it sees itself reformed as a popular white and Protestant national movement focusing on white supremacy, anti-Semitism, anti-immigration, and anti-Catholicism. It reaches membership estimated at a 5 million across the country at this time. So if you don't know what Birth of the Nation is, it's like the f- one of the first biggest Hollywood movies that was just racist as fuck. Uh, it was originally called The Klansman, a 1915 American silent drama directed by W.D. Griffith and starring Lillian Gish. The screenplay is adapted from Thomas Dixon's 1905 novel uh, and play The Klansman. Griffins also co wrote the screenplay. So what happens is this is a landmark film. It was the first twelve real film ever made, and it was three hours. Snyder cut. Snyder cut that's <laughs> <laughs> released straight to HBO Max.
1: The first director had to go, dude. Once fucking DW Griffith or whoever the fuck got involved. He fucked
0: us. Yeah. He's the guy who gave us the deleted scenes that ruined movies.
1: It it like I think it won an Oscar. I know it's Oscars night. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure it was like... Maybe
0: not an I didn't think they had the Oscars back then, but yeah, it was like... Well, I think it was like the biggest... I think... Wasn't it the one where you see that moon and that thing goes in its eye? Was, I think that was Birth of a Nation. Uh, I know that it's... I've seen clips of it, and it's basically about like... Black
1: people are trying to fuck all the white women. Yes. And like a hero rises So the, up. F- the film
0: was controversial before its release and has remained so ever since. It had been called the most controversial film ever made in the United States. Lincoln is portrayed positively, unusual for a narrative that promotes the lost cause ideology, a.k.a. white supremacist stuff. The film portrays African-Americans who are played by white actors in blackface as unintelligent and sexually aggressive aggressive towards white women. The film presents the Ku Klux Klan as a heroic force necessary to preserve American values and a white supremacist social order.
1: It's crazy to like write that as an idea in any time. And I mean, it gives you a glimpse into how the world felt, you know, for that movie to do so well. It means that people are like, you know, they're not talking about this enough. Yeah. Like that was a concern of theirs. Just black people running amok. And just
0: fucking, like, white women, women and taking them. Yeah. The, like, the, by this, force. The scared thing of a lot of weak white men, not, you know, not every white guy's weak. I'm yeah. white. I love me. I right. Like a lot of, but, like, of just scaring that, like, black people are going to fuck their girlfriends is, like, the weirdest. Yeah. It's, it's kind a, of a through line that I feel like has been throughout. And it's also like, bro, your girl wanted Yeah, to if fuck your a girl <laughs> I don't think it's his fault. I don't think I blame McDonald's when she gets a McFlurry. I'm like, oh, McDonald's just offered my girlfriend McFlurries. It's like, no, she wanted a fucking
1: McFlurry. Right. She just sat in the drive-thru and waited for them to repair the machine. (laughs) She looped.
0: She looped a couple times to make sure that machine would work. November sixteenth, 1925. David Stevenson, Grand Dragon of the Indiana Klan, is arrested for rape and murder. Nationally, the KKK rapidly recedes in popularity to just 30,000. Whoa. So that, yeah, went from like 5 million to... I mean, 5 million, it went from what? 5 million... 1915 to 10 years. Wow, that's that motherfucker took a deep dive. So at, what, 1915, uh-huh. white supremacist... Uh, 5 million. KKK is at 5 million, which has got to be most of the United States. I mean, how much was our population at that time? Yeah. I, d- I honestly... I'm bad at population numbers. But what's weird to me is like uh, the... It couldn't have all been from that rape murder. No, I'm guessing it was just going down, just because shit's just not as. It was like like fucking MySpace, or you know what I mean. Right, It was popping for a long time. I mean, I all right, think,
1: we're here. Yeah, like, I mean, Tom yeah.
0: raped some people, but that's not why it got off. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> just looking back,
1: hey. <laughs> <laughs> it's always trying to be your friend
0: <laughs> until it's too late. Um. So in nineteen or February twenty fourth, nineteen twenty. The National Socialist German Workers' Party f- is formed in Munich. Got a bad feeling about this one. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know. I'm not going to give any spoilers. But, promising uh, start. Promising start. They had some good ideas in the beginning, but then they took a weird turn. Actually, they may have bad ideas the whole time. I right. Not as familiar actually. I don't know. I don't know. I think it was a like, guy like, decent. But like a lot of times in any socialist kind of thing in the beginning, it seems like a great I was
1: understood it as like you hang out with a guy like dude, this guy's the best. He's he's, he's super fascinating. And you're just h- hanging out at a party telling great stories. And you're like, well, yeah. And then at the end of your stories are like, this guy rules, man. You're right, Zach. Steve is the shit. And then you're like, and also we need to exterminate Jews. <laughs> and you're like, Whoa, whoa, also whoa.
0: Steve was great and then for five years he got really addicted to meth and his views <laughs> got really fucking weird so, But I'm still on board I'm still <laughs> on board It's <laughs> helping a lot Dude I feel like a lot of the things that's really wrong with people I forgot I never put on the right background that really wrong is they can never is people would rather go down on a sinking ship than ever admit that they were wrong. Dude, I never understand that. Like
1: loyalty isn't as fucking sexy anymore. No.
0: Like, well, I mean, like it like I'm just like if, if something's wrong, like I I like by I mean, I voted for Biden, but I don't think. He's a like great human grace. being. Yeah, right. Like, if people were like, hey, we have a new guy that doesn't have a weird checkered past, and we have to burn Biden at the stake, I'd be like, I got a fucking fire log that I can right. start and self burns."
1: A lot of people were like, yo, Trump... Uh, you know like, It'd be like Oh Trump's boys with Epstein And then be like Yeah Clinton too Yeah and I'm like, we're like Kill yeah. Clinton too <laughs> I do <don't give laughs> fuck, them. fuck I don't all like, these come people Come get
0: them You're not my guys Right What do you think We're doing over here Yeah So that's the weirdest one for me Is just a lot of these guys They don't seem to give up stuff And just like you know You met Steve You had some good ideas At a party And then once mm-hmm. you start Smoking meth Maybe chump off the bandwagon yeah, a little bit January 1933 the silver legion of america aka the silver shirts is formed in emulation of hitler's brown shirts the german storm yeah. troopers and mussolini's black shirts italian fascist nationalist parties so don't trust organizations based on their shirts yeah, yeah. <laughs> my eyes are out on best buy and target I'm keeping your eye out right <laughs> geek squad geek squad <laughs> <laughs> If you see me a Walmart employee, I will fuck that guy up.
1: Yeah. What if UPS is just a
0: secret faction of uh,
1: <laughs> the brown shirts? The brown shirts.
0: <laughs> Why does this have a broken star of David on my <laughs> my fucking? What's the, what's this? What's what's the fruit that comes like flowers? Little arrangements. <laughs> okay, April to May 1933, sometime in this party. A white supremacist group called Friends of New Germany and later the German-American Bund is formed in New York. 1941, about 42, federal agents disrupt and dismantle pro-Nazi organizations. They are aided by public sentiment, denouncing fascism, made by prominent German-Americans. In 1944, the KKK files for bankruptcy and is disbanded. So that's the end of the second part. Okay, a couple of interesting things here, which two things I will find that always kind of I find interesting. And the first one is a lot of white supremacist organizations go bankrupt. Like they got like an LLC or mm. something. And I don't 100% under. I mean, it might yeah. just be a white thing. Like Filing we just incorporate. it's weird.
1: You know, like working as a clerk, you're like, you will not believe who I just fucking signed off for a yeah. business permit.
0: <laughs> Listen, we got to stop buying black jackets and Doc Martin boots. <laughs> They are burying us. We have no money for small bats and I would have crosses. loved
1: to be a fly on the wall the day that the KKK meets us. I'm like, guys, I I don't know. We, I don't think we can sell enough brownies this Sunday <laughs> to keep us above water.
0: The accountant for the KKK they're like, listen, we hate Jews, but we do need an accountant. So Barry <laughs> Levenstein, come on up here and tell us. <laughs> well, we can't stay in the black The numbers do not lie, unfortunately, <laughs> not like those dirty damn Jews. <laughs> So they file for bankruptcy and they are disbanded, which is, you know, this is the second time We're only in 1944 that the KKK has been disbanded and has done nothing. Yeah So, bam,
1: what a like uh, rise and fall constantly like five million to just zilch also, bankruptcy is like one of those things that people use as like a get out of jail free card. Yes. So, but it I doesn't mean they're failing. It just means that they're like, all right, we're gonna fucking hit the reset button on this whole thing. And also, they th-
0: they did that in 1944 to, so to say. I don't know when is the depression. I think right then, right? I don't really know. Uh, like the I don't either. I don't,
1: I don't either. Um, but also, like, you know, if you're a business and you're just like greasing the palms of politicians, like
0: you're not. How do you file that? Yeah, I mean, a lot. I mean, how do you file anything that the KKK does? I right. Don't think they're, I mean, that, do they have like a fucking bread store or some shit? Like, um, what are they? Right. Their
1: accountants just like, Where okay, they- let me see your last hate rally. Uh, show me the. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can deduct gasoline for the cross, I think.
0: <laughs> it's like they run it like a fucking. uh Oh God! What's like? What's one like? when the weight trainer things, uh, pyramid schemes, Herbalife. They run like a Herbalife <laughs> thing. <laughs> Frank, if you don't get six other racists in here to buy a f- matching hats, it doesn't work does, six other, <laughs> If you do then you will, this organization will die. Henry, you want them to win? You want them to win, Henry? <laughs> We're gonna need you to get five more cases of anti-black protein powder. Overview, Nazism and white supremacy in the United States, 1900 to 1950. The years following the reestablishment of white supremacy over the South are marked by segregation, lynching, mob violence, and disenfranchisement. Following the 1915 release of W.B. Griffith's film Birth of a Nation, interest in white supremacy and the Ku Klux Klan become a nationwide phenomenon. A national organization is created opposed not only to the not only to um, African American equality, but also to Catholicism, Judaism, and immigration. I love how like over time, I feel like they were like, "All right, Catholics are okay." Yeah. Like, I feel like everyone's. But I'm stopping there. (laughs) We're not giving you the Jews, and we're got. And, like, also, imagine being against immigration in 1950. I was thinking that one, dude. Like, how long has it been? Like, your grandpa came. Everyone's grandpa at that point. Yeah, is an immigrant. Also, a lot of land. (laughs) Right. Not much going on in most places. I don't even think in 1950, if they're really coming to California. Have you gone west enough? (laughs) I know. It's like, there are people that are here still. It's insane. The end of the first, you know, it's what it is. It's just people with crazy racist ideologies getting people to be on their side by putting up a fake fucking enemy for you all to go behind. Not Mm -hmm. you all people listening but people that are into it the end of the first world war is marked by some of the worst cases of racial violence in the united states history including the tulsa race riots and the rosewood massacre in which entire african-american communities are uprooted and or killed slaughtered slaughtered yeah uprooted was a little bit too nice yeah by the 20s the kkk counts more than 50 or no sorry Count more than five million members in its ranks. David Stephenson, one of the most influential, leader, influential leaders of the Klan, is arrested in 1925 for rape and murder. When he begins to cooperate with police investigations into prominent Klan's members, support for the Klan evaporates.
1: Whoa! He flipped on. He flipped on
0: all of his people, which they always flip. Well, it's like a Scorsese film, dude. Yeah, it's, it's like, like uh, Goodfellas or something, or really that know. show, F- like Forty Eight Hours. Where, yeah. and the guy always just ends up rat writing on all his friends within right, forty eight hours.
1: Right. It's like <laughs> instead of him having like <laughs> a nickname, it's just like his name's Kenneth. Yeah, Ken-
0: <laughs> Billy B- Kenneth Bob Thompson. And he ratted all the friends. By the Tucker. end Tucker. Of- Tucker. Hunter. <laughs> By the end of the decade, the clan counts for only thirty thousand members. I mean, shit, that's only five years that they went down. Like we were talking about earlier. You know, I don't remember reading the thing that he ratted on everybody, but that's a reason that you quit an organization yeah so if the leader was the guy ratting on everybody
1: well and i also wonder if it's like dude now you're like murdering and burning down cities like these guys are you know descendants of civil war you know veterans like those things i don't care how much you hate like that'll fucking burn something and even like some of the worst people you know like kids and families and civilians just being killed so maybe it could have just been like what are we doing Like, yeah, I hate them. But Jesus Christ, like
0: it's not seeming to work. I don't want to burn down another city and kill everyone in sight. Or have to do this myself. And now I have to send my kids again because, yeah, uh, the shit I read about the fucking Civil War, that shit was gnarly. Just dudes getting hit by fucking marbles and it just blows them up and they fucking die because no one knows medicine yet. (laughs) So you just have, like, some nurse who knows nothing cutting your leg off? Right. Fuck that. With the onset of the Great Depression, I knew that was there, many Americans turned to the example set by Nazi Germany. In 1933, January, the Silver Legion, or Silver Shirts, are formed. They advocate for a new state aligned with Nazi Germany and for white supremacy. It is the first movement to nationally advocate for a form of Christian identity. Listen, okay. I grew up Christian. I grew up Catholic with a lot of Christian uncles, and there, it white it does seem like white supremacists try to grab on to Christian ideology over and over again. I'm not Uh. saying Christians are racist at all. I'm Mm -hmm. saying a lot of racists happen to be apparently seem to be Christian for some reason, and you know, I somewhat practice Christianity, but it's just like. Weird. I don't know why. Th- I don't know why. Re- re- religion based on helping poor people. Yeah.
1: And religion how. in general, it's just like. I think it. It's like you're showing yourself as a mark. Yeah. You know, they're like, oh, dude, these this guy might be able to get tricked into anything. Something. They they think some guy named Jesus Christ <laughs> died and fucking rose out of the, <laughs> out of a That's cave. Good. Let me tell anything. you about this
0: guy Ulysses S. Grant, who was a real piece of shit. Simultaneously, ethnic German Americans formed the American. Great American Bund, a to provide support to Nazi Germany and advocate for German interests. Is that a Bund
1: cake place down
0: the <laughs>
1: They make such best delicious cakes. cakes.
0: <laughs> I love the No Blacks Bund, which is a vanilla <laughs> cake. I love the Mexican Bund, which is a horchata flavor. Oh, you can't cake. go wrong with the white. The Just white the white, bundt. white Bund. <laughs> White sugar with white flour and white butter. They have ties to the American First movement, which advocates for the U.S. to stay out of any war with Germany and maintain good relations with Hitler's Germany. After Pearl Harbor, these organizations are pursued by the FBI and military intelligence by 1944. All are dismantled and the KKK file for bankruptcy. I mean, imagine having the balls to run a pro-Germany, Nazi-Germany group in america right when we're fighting the yeah i mean you really got to stand for that shit like you really that has to be like your favorite team yeah i mean and it makes no like no one you meet is on your side right right it's it's something you got to keep to yourself (laughs) for sure she's
1: like steve's loves these silver shirts he doesn't really talk about what they mean (laughs) right but he's
0: fucking silver shirted out yeah that is an intense fucking stance to take yeah especially when it's happening Like in the thing like Nazi sympathizer yeah. You're a Nazi sympathizer During the Nazis When everyone's family members Are getting killed Just a weird one to go man Yeah they're like Sorry about your son Mrs. Lewinsky but Would you like to read Not This pamphlet <laughs> Oh the Goldschmeins Didn't work out Wow crazy I have some pamphlets You guys might want to yeah, Fought for the wrong side What was that Carl <laughs> Wrong side I think you're on the wrong side You're on the side the emergence of modern white supremacy movement, 1950s to the 1960s. This one kind of actually goes to the 70s. But um, this is when it starts getting a little bit less uh, old-timey shit that I don't really care about to a lot more interesting, a lot more uh, Relatable. Not so much being a white supremacist, but uh, what they're (laughs) doing. I mean, have
1: you had a hard time relating up until now?
0: (laughs) I've been loving it. I've been in. I've been like, how do I buy a silver shirt in bulk? I've been holding back from finishing every sentence you've read. (laughs) (laughs) Early 1950s, white supremacist groups in Birmingham resurrect the KKK as a decentralized terrorist organization promoting white pride and racial segregation. They begin a bombing campaign against mixed race neighborhoods as well as black churches, businesses and social organization and how you can't and how you could see that not being evil dude straight up terrorism at the core of its definition yeah and like not even like you know okay i've always said this thing on this podcast is about crime i've always felt if if you if you do crime or you do this thing you're in a game a game so what happens you in the game you know it happens you know but like like if like if like these racist organizations were attacking like I don't know. Maybe some black supremacist racist group, or not racist, but weird groups, or something like that. It would be a little bit more, uh right? Gang, like kind of. Yeah, I know what you mean. You know what I mean? Like, like when it's gang... not tip for tap. No, you're, you're just... like attacking black churches, businesses, and social organizations. You're just like it's either like, well, they started it by flourishing. Yeah. <laughs> Someone trying to not be slaves, and then it's like, all right, maybe a car club. I don't know. I'm trying to sympathize anyway, but it's like it just seems straight evil at every point of the way. The
1: the level of anger and like. Like to be so upset with where your situation
0: is in life, to be like, you know, what whose fault it probably is, it's that church, yeah, the church thing, too. And it's also like, like I said, a lot of these in the beginning and kind of still now, all, for some reason, I'm not saying all Christians are fucking racist, I yeah. know they're not. I have a lot of Christian family members and yeah. pastors, I know they're not racist, but they, it's like if you're a white guy trying to be Protestant or whatever, and then you're bombing other churches, like. I mean, I guess you could say the same with right. Israel. Stop saying like is Jesus people. is your God. Yeah, you know, because like, I mean? he wouldn't have done this. Right, he would right. have never said to bomb black churches and social organizations. Right, May 1954, Brown versus Board of Education, uh, the modern r- civil rights movement begins, and legal segregation by race begins to dismantle uh, everything. So this is where people start, um, you know, going coming mixing together, schools. mixing yeah. schools and. I would have been like, you know, people
1: I I would have been like racist if I grew up there because it's just like the mob mentality. Like your whole town is like this and you're a kid growing up and you're like, well, mom and dad are right. You know, it took extra courage for people to be like the the few people who like stood up and defended them. Yeah. Because I mean, people who say that they grew up back then and be like, no, I would never have been racist. It's like, insane, bro. We're all such weak-minded people. Yeah, have it's no like idea. it's
0: like if it's like a, if you ever it's like being in L.A. and everyone's a Lakers fan. You meet a Clippers fan. You are like brave, <laughs> yeah, one out of a million. No yeah. one's like you. And I'm not going to sit near you. I'm <laughs> not going to sit near <laughs> you. And I will burn bomb your burnt church. <laughs> like, no, no, no. But yeah, no, hundred percent. You know, it's just the sentiment at the time was this way, and it's a fucking. Dude, I mean, the
1: videos I've seen of, like, those moms crying, like, stop that, boss. It's like, whoa, man.
0: Talk about wrong side of history. My God. And just it's just make up these things that you thought would happen. Yeah. So weird. So they start uh, They start uh, unsegregating schools. 1950, about 1960, the American Nazi Party is formed by George Lincoln Rockwell. It's formed in large part in opposition to the Civil Rights Movement, uh, his party replaces Sig Heil with white power as their slogan. Subtle, you know, Sig Heil. <laughs> I, I <love laughs> no, no, I mean something different. different. <laughs> I love how I love his advertising group. You know, he's like, Sig Heil, we're getting some bad uh, feedback. We're thinking white power would work with our 18 to 35 <laughs> demos of sad, balding white men.
1: You're like, oh. what do you mean? Uh, Hitler was right. Is it's an old family <laughs> jingle. We don't. It has nothing to do with what you're thinking. Oh no, no, yeah, no, <laughs> no, 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 no.
0: My family is a lot of Hitlers and a lot of rights. The Wright brothers. <laughs> also, you know, never. You know, George Lincoln Rockwell. What I've learned in a lot of these things is, uh, don't trust a white guy with three names.
1: Yeah. Absolutely not. He's either going to assassinate one person who's powerful or a lot of people.
0: Yeah, or he's, like, eating people or keeping their bodies in, like, his basement or starting a neo-political neo-Nazi group. Yeah, you're like, God, I'm sorry about those
1: missing kids. Well, we got the Clemens family across the street. <laughs> we got uh, old Todd Vanderby. You know, he, he coaches the local youth group. And then uh, George Lincoln Rockwell,
0: <laughs> that old boarded up <laughs> house corner. over there. We don't want to say, I don't know who it could be, <laughs> but uh, start with three names first. <laughs> um, so George Lincoln Rockwell was born March 9th, 1918, and he lived to August 25th, 1967. So not very long, about 55 years. He was an American politician and neo-Nazi in 1959. He was discharged from the United States Navy because of his political views. And then founded the American Nazi Party. Imagine how I mean, imagine being in the United States Navy and wanting to be a Nazi during 1959, I think. Oh, that's sixties, so that's both the world wars are over, I believe. So like you're 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 on the wrong side of every person I around mean,
1: you. To have to get thrown out of the Navy just because they're like, you're just a lot, dude. <laughs> Yep. timeout <laughs> you show up on time i get it you make your bed you do all this the stuff you know but you're belie- like between the ears i got worries man a heavy on the hitler <laughs> just wrong
0: crowd we can hear you praying to hitler at night in the <laughs> submarine <laughs> Oh, what a fucking psycho Rockwell denied the Holocaust and believed that Imagine being in 1959 And denying the Holocaust Like I see these guys now and it's like Obviously the Holocaust is real, I'm not doing that But it's like I was never alive. I don't know any Jewish that many Jewish people with the things on their the tattoos on the wrist. So it's like more plausible to deny something that happened. Yeah, or that you no one you educated on, Educa- But this guy was like
1: there, there. You, you're working with dudes. It's it's the equivalent of like the the uh, like Sandy Hook deniers. They're like yeah. going to people's houses being like your kid didn't die, and it's like all right, man, leave me. Like you
0: tilted his wreath on my front. And, yeah, it I don't says, know what, what to James. tell you
1: anymore. He's, he's a fucking
0: wacko, crazy man. This guy was a fucking psycho. So should've Rockwell should have. I mean, a lot of these guys are, you know, just fucking morons. Uh, Rockwell denied the Holocaust and believed that Martin Luther King Jr. was a tool for Jewish communists waiting to rule the white community. God, he, I'm
1: so glad he. This guy never found the internet.
0: <laughs> yeah, or he would have been on 4chan right
1: now, <laughs> dude. He would have ran that shit.
0: He blamed the civil rights movement on the Jews. Personally, I would have said blacks, but that's just me. Oh, um, he regarded Hitler really as, reaching. Really reaching at just throwing things at <laughs> the Jews. So weird. I was like, how are Jewish people not. I mean, everyone always has hated Jewish people throughout history, but it's like, how are they not white people? I've never seen a white. I, when I look at a white. When I look at a Jewish person, I'm like, that's the whitest person I've ever yeah,
1: seen. Yeah, right. Life. I'm not like. Whoa, no white people in the yeah. crowd tonight at this Jewish
0: fucking <laughs> <So> Mexican? <laughs> Mexican Mr. Rovenstein? No. It's fucking the whitest person I've ever seen. Yeah. It is weird. He regarded Hitler as the white savior of the twentieth century. He viewed black people as primitive, lethargic race who denied or desired only simple pleasures in a life of irresponsibility. To be honest, that sounds like me. Dude,
1: absolutely.
0: I am lethargic. Lethargic, and I just want to have a life of no responsible.
1: My thoughts throughout this podcast will tell you I'm primitive. (laughs) (laughs) I'm
0: (laughs) I'm pounding uh, bargain bin tequila reading about (laughs) white supremacists. I'm about as primitive as I can. And he supported the resettlement of all African-Americans in a new African state to be funded by the U.S. government, which is the thing that I do see these guys really pushing. Mm-hmm. It wasn't so much kicking out of our like our country. It was just like everyone has to go to like Iowa and live in this weird. Well,
1: Liberia was a country that they like made in Africa that was like, that's for you to go back. That was like the you don't like it country.
0: Yeah. No, you're right. I was wrong on that one. And they're doing great. So that's good for them. Yeah. Shout, Shout out to Liberia. Liberia is doing terrible. As a supporter of racial segregation, he agreed and quoted many black leaders of the black nationalism movement, such as Elijah Muhammad and early Malcolm X. In later years, Rockwell became increasingly aligned with other neo-Nazi groups, including, including the World Union of National Socialists. So this little part is uh, I found interesting it comes next here. On August 25th, 1967, Rockwell was shot and killed in Arlington by John Patler, a disgruntled former member of... Of his party, fuck it'd be your own. It'd be your own. You know, keep your friends close, your That's enemies right. closer. So I did a little research on John Palter, and uh, he's kind of just a normal, sad, racist guy. His dad killed his mom. He kind of was brought up by his brothers. He became an American Nazi. I did find this very hilarious and emasculating of this fucking loser Palter. So after the murder of oh, not Patler, the other guy. Oh no! After the murder of Patler, who's the guy up here that? Oh, know? uh, uh, Jordan Lacroix. Oh, yeah. yeah. After the murder of Rockwell, Patler later described his relationship with Rockwell in very enduring terms, stating, I loved him like a father, and he loved me like a son. In his last known letter to Rockwell, Patler wrote, I don't think there are two people on Earth who think and feel the same way as we do. You are a very important part of my life. I need you as much as you need me. Without you, there is no future. Three words they be fucking they be like yeah yeah i got a i i got a i got a big uh vibe of stand by Eminem.
1: <laughs> i honestly think
0: uh, like dido's about to sing any second right now i think
1: that. they had like some sort of sex thing going on and that's you know who you get as like the most hateful racists are uh, yeah. like Gay repressed denying. repressed uh, homosexuals who like don't know how to you know they they think of themselves as like the devil uh, and they're trying to like clean themselves great great and then and then like people with fucked up family lives that don't know what to believe in they'll believe in the first thing you throw at them it's the same with like radical islam you know they're they're getting like poor villagers who have like nothing yeah and then they're like and then maybe the america
0: bombed their thing their little town and be a hero save our
1: our our people and it's like well damn dude i haven't no one in life has asked me to do anything else um so he seems like the perfect guy to not only join Rockwell's group, but to also end up fucking killing him, probably because he caught Rockwell like spending too much time with
0: another dude. Oh, I think he said he was going to like socialist, like Bolshevik. I don't whatever that meant. Like, yeah, which, I'm not a genius, guys. I just research stuff and add it and whatever. These, yeah, guys yeah, say. yeah. But uh, yeah, he was going to Bolshevik, which is I think it was socialism and communism, and he didn't like it. But it's just fucking it's an interesting relationship that I'd like to know more about Patler and Rockwell.
1: Yeah, just it, there's. There's a gay thing going on, I think. And I think he's just like, nah, he's... They're like, dude, you're just mad because he doesn't, like, hold your hand after the meetings. He's like, no. He's no. Bolshevik. If yeah, you think about
0: it. <laughs> he's making it worse. He's Somali- he has ties to Somalia <laughs> and his friends. and He's been holding someone else's <laughs> hand after, after our meetings. <laughs> right the early 1960s, federal and state... Pri- oh, this one was great, and I never thought of it. And it was one of the most interesting things I heard of. In the 1960s, federal and state prisons are ordered to be desegregated. Gangs are immediately formed along racial lines and spread from prison system into the public. I never thought about prisons being segregated back then. Yeah, the
1: me neither. I mean, I think of them segregated now because like the odd man out going to get
0: shamed. Yes. Well that's what kind of went into this thing and what really I mean what really did the Aryan Brotherhood is what f- funds not funds but is really the backbone of most, most normal or more now current day uh white supremacist organizations are going from them and mm. that all came from this from game gang- from prisons being desegregated. That is it. That is an interesting
1: move where you probably feel like you're saving the world, you know? Yep. You're like dude, change is coming. Desegregate. Hey, open those gates. Let them all hang out. Oh, my God. They're killing each, closed each closed other. The gate. <laughs> Close the we
0: gate. Can- oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, no, 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 no. 1962. There he is again. George Lincoln Rockwell visits neo-Nazis in the United Kingdom, and they form an umbrella organization, the World Union of National Socialists. Yep, I would knew I was right.
1: It sounds vaguely superheroish. It's like yes, the Secret League of Justice.
0: Yeah, the the World Union of National so- Socialists is the Russian League of Extra- what was the, the uh, League
1: League of, uh, League of Extraordinary General. I was no. thinking of the Klansmen.
0: No, but what's what do rich what are what do superheroes get in Justice League? Justice League. Yeah, yeah. The World the Rus- Union of National Socialists is the Russian Justice League. Wait, why is it Russian? Socialists aren't they? Oh, they're communists in Russia. Yeah, socialist was Nazis. Nazis. Oh fuck! All right, whatever. I'm not as smart as I thought I was. That's right. June twenty 19- Fuck Russia. While we're at it. Yeah. Fuck Russia. And honestly. F- I, do, I believe there's a form of socialism that can work, like if you mix socialism and capitalism. But I believe pure socialism has never worked at any point in time it, in any country. It's
1: ever. a it's a honestly it's a word
0: I'm too dumb to understand.
1: Like because people have such hard takes on it, I'm like maybe I'm thinking of something else. Well, I just think
0: we need to mix the thing of capital. I mean, I don't want to get into politics. Yeah, yeah. If capitalism, totally. socialism. Socialism can it seems to work in most countries when it happens, like in the beginning. But then it's too easy for a crazy person to get in charge, and then once they're in charge of everything you're, you're getting, they can. You know what's funny is like
1: this proves that white supremacy is like still rampant in our political system because just trying to talk about this without getting into politics, I keep wanting to jump into <laughs> like,
0: yeah, but everything happening now. Now it's the same shit, but just in a smaller scale, but the same shit. So right. in 1967, George Lincoln Rockwell is assassinated by his former follower in front of his home. Three years later, uh, the Aryan Brotherhood is formed in secret allegedly in san quentin prison shout out to northern california we out here we went to preschool like
1: right across the water from it really yeah i could see it from like our playground and little did i know that some of my heroes were in there (laughs) (laughs) i'm totally kidding for everyone at home i feel like i should it has very disclaimer whenever
0: i thought of san quentin i always thought of like (laughs) prisoner of azkaban type prison oh interesting like a little grand wizardy. <laughs> a little grand. Yeah, there's <laughs> a lot of wizards going in there. Someone call whatever that bitch's name was. I wish I remembered more things. What's Same. the woman? We played J.K. Rowling. Yeah. yeah. I got a lot of head trauma. trauma. I used to do the thing where they used to press on my chest just so you'd pass out. Oh, as yeah. A kid too. You yeah, you're definitely lot. forgetting stories from here on out. Yeah, right? I don't even remember who George Lincoln Rockwell was. <laughs> Motivated largely by profiting from criminal activity, they become the largest and most dangerous prison gang in America. Almost still to this date, though the uh, Mexican Mafia are pretty high up there. The opponents became black prison gangs and the Irish mob. That's interesting that the Irish never counted as white. I they and especially here. This is like 1970. This right. is like the 40s. Right. It's just the accent. And how big was the Irish mob in Northern California? For real. Uh, the, th- that being said, uh, the uh, Aryan Brotherhood does team up with Mexican gangs in prison most of the time, though. You know, they keep them at like a lower level, but uh, they they do join up with them, which I always thought was an interesting thing. But, you know, you got to get your numbers up. Yeah. And I think they just kind of went against black people. Mm-hmm, the enemy of my enemy. Yep. So here we go up into double D's. This sweet piece of shit. David Duke, 1974, a member of the American Nazi Party, citing the example of George Lincoln Rockwell, he creates the KKKK, Knights of the Ku Klux Klan. Based originally in Louisiana, it becomes an umbrella organization for previously localized and independent Klan and white supremacist groups. So David Duke is the guy who comes back. And we're going to do a little dive on David Duke right here a little bit. It's going to be a little fun. Let's learn a little bit. Um, David Ernest Duke, born July 1st, 1950. I'm not going to give my son or daughter a middle name.
1: <laughs> no, you shouldn't.
0: I'm, g- I'm just going to put that out there now. I think middle names are racist. Mm-hmm. I think they're problematic. My, my kid's middle name is going
1: to be Nice Try.
0: <laughs> nice Try. <laughs> not me. <laughs> David Ernest Duke Still alive today That piece of shit's running around He was born July 1st, 1950 He's an American neo-Nazi Anti-Semite Conspiracy theorist Far-right politician Convicted felon And former Grand Wizard Of the Knights Of the Ku Klux Klan From 1989 to 1992 He was a member Of the Louisiana House of
1: Representatives like it's you can't touch this guy without being racist. Yeah, like there's, there's no way. You're just like, "Ah, oh, no, he's a nice cool." Guy. I'm like, "I don't think so, dog. Look Bro. at his fucking track record." Yeah.
0: His publication politics are largely devoted to p- promoting conspiracy theories about Jews such as Holocaust denial and Jewish control of the academia, the press, and the financial system. The Anti-Defamation League has described Duke as perhaps America's most well-known racist and anti-semite. Great great uh credit for him, though, right? <laughs> Yeah, you could just say in my intro when I go on
1: stage, just, you know, most, most racist, uh, anti-Semite
0: by the Anti-Defamation League. So <laughs> please just remember, Anti-Defamation League, America's most well-known racist. <laughs> just remember that, and, and I'll be in Tampa on the first. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Duke unsuccessfully stood as Democratic candidate for state legislature during the nineteen seventies and nineteen eighties. Culminating in his campaign in in 1988, Democratic presidential nomination, after failing to gain any traction within the Democratic Party, Duke left and successfully gained the presidential nominee of the Minor Populist Party. In 1988, in December, he became a Republican and claimed to have become a born-again Christian, renouncing anti-Semitism and racism. Whoa. Yeah. He soon won his only elected office, a seat in the Louisiana House of Representatives, Perfect timing. Yeah. yeah, (laughs)
1: Suspiciously perfect timing. Amen.
0: Now that I need your
1: vote, I love. My heart is filled with love.
0: For (laughs) peace.
1: For Jews. (gasps) All right. I'm not shaking his hand, but I will look him (laughs) in the eye.
0: (laughs) Piece of shit, man. Ah, Louisiana. Interesting, interesting place. So we're going to do a quick little overview of the reemergence of the Klan and Nazism in the United States from 1950 to 1970. The role of white supremacy in the United States comes under more scrutiny after the American victory over Nazi Germany, especially given the role of African-Americans in both the military and the war industry industry. I mean, great point. Like at this time, you know, when you see these things, you see these guys fighting for this stuff and doing everything and still not giving the respect that they should have had. Mm -hmm. But it is coming back more. You know what I mean? Like these like people are more realizing that being a white supremacist you mean i mean hitler i mean he was a white supremacist but he was also like anti a bunch of different white people's shit but they're just right. seeing that this stuff is problematic and they're seeing that these african-americans the one who went and they fought for war badasses the ones who stood stayed here and helped us fight these guys are good i mean it's not yeah it's not the way it should like they didn't treat them how they should be but it's yeah. getting better a surge in violence against African-Americans in the South is characterized by the emergence of a new version of the Ku Klux Klan. Decentralized groups of white supremacists focus on protecting racial segregation in the South. This is almost fucking, what is it, the 70s this one yeah, is? Jesus, it's almost man. damn near 100 years later. Yeah. This shit is still going on. Yeah. <clears throat> Their campaign of terror is marked by bombing of black churches, businesses, and home. Brown v. Board of Education mandates desegregation, leading to the emergence of the modern civil rights movement the clan commits its most heinous crimes in the aftermath aftermath the bombing of the 16th street baptist church and the abduction and murder of three civil rights volunteers just like like
1: you said like where gangs are kind of like killing other gangs and you're sort of like well i mean this is the game this is how it goes but what i mean this is so much worse these are like Kids and innocent people just driving home from volunteering
0: at a church, well, what, getting murdered and kidnapped. Some of the most bitch made shit, bro, is that like these guys, I think it was Rockwell or maybe one of the guys we're gonna talk about early, would go to like Louis Farrakhan speeches. And like watch them and like go to Malcolm X speeches and watch them. And like not bomb those. Like I feel like if you were like a white supremacist and you were scared about black people overtaking white like people those were the you would look at these two guys yeah yeah whereas in essence they were bombing people that are good and right going,
1: it's like fight someone your own size exactly
0: dude. not saying like bomb yeah. a speech, no no exactly but, but it's just like why aren't you going against yeah like if you were like this guy i mean listen farrakhan might have a bunch of good things to do I mean, i'm not a huge fan personally but like it's the equivalent of me like hating you,
1: but instead I go and like kill your little sister. Yeah, but then you, you know? go to all my comedy shows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's
0: like, bro, you're a bitch. Yeah. Fight me. Yeah. Right. Fucking psychopath. Right. All right. Um, Rockwell. Okay. No no no, probably okay. Driven primarily by his opposition to the civil rights movement, George Lincoln Rockwell forms the American Nazi Party in 1959. Rockwell visits the United Kingdom and connects with neo Nazis and Nazis established in Europe. The meeting results in the creation of the World Union of National Socialists, an umbrella organization that supports far right, fascist, and anti communist organizations. My thing is, like, fascism, isn't it? I don't know. I feel like communism and fascism, socialism, there's always like a guy in power at the top that's evil yeah yeah no one will ever realize that i know maybe i'm too dumb but i feel like a lot of stuff in the beginning it all ends that way yeah it just ends that way rockwell places the german salute of sig Howell and populates the new phrase white power amongst his followers rockwell is eventually assassinated by a fellow neo-nazi in a dispute outside of his home but his ideological ideology and influence endears in other right-wing organizations such as the John Birch Society and the Minutemen, some led by former members of the fascist Silver Shirts. Uh, We're going to go a little bit more into David Duke. David Duke, a radical pro-segregationist, anti-communist, founds the Knights of Ku Klux Klan, a former adherent of the George Lincoln Rockwell ideology. His local chapter of the Ku Klux Klan becomes an umbrella group for Klan chapters and white supremacists. The organizations, through Damned though damaged by federal investigations in the South spread to the West Coast and Midwest for the first time, the Klan becomes allied with neo-Nazi movements in the United States. Mm, so they were separate until. Yeah. And uh, I mean, cause I mean, I never knew that. I mean, honestly, the thing of, uh, I mean, it's just one sentence, but uh, through damage by the federal investigations, the South spreads to the West Coast and Midwest is such a huge sense in the white supremacist organization text because i mean sacramento in the bay area we're not quite pacific northwest but we're there yeah but we've driven up there enough and there's racist weirdos there
1: yeah even the tip of northern california tip of northern california
0: which is you know like that but, also Californ- yeah, Shasta, right. but also southern california like yeah right also southern california like huntington beach is one of the biggest uh you know skinhead group areas at, yeah at, whereas i feel like san francisco and Listen, I was in Sacramento my whole time. I never knew any skinheads. Right. I mean, I knew guys that were just older, like kind of racist guys, but mm-hmm. not like guys like these. So it's interesting to see that it was kind of more a Southern California in a Pacific Northwest thing. And
1: I know of guys that like get into trouble with the law, and then you go into jail or prison, and you're white. Yeah, it's like you, you, gotta, gotta, you go. gotta get tatted up, and you have uh, now you got a swastika that's tatted on your neck because you don't want to get fucked in the shower.
0: Yeah, I'd be like, could we just put on my upper thigh, <laughs> <laughs> like? <laughs> We're uh, no, no, no! I love, love Hitler. I love put Hitler. it as close to my butt Hitler. as possible, Hitler. that
1: yeah. when he goes to really, he's like, oh my god, I had no idea. <laughs> it's like one of those things.
0: Your Nazi butt tattoos like one of those little things that you make as a kid. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, what are those called? The Coochie catcher, Coo-
0: cootie catchers.
1: It's, it's like, like one, two, three, three, four, and, and, and oh, Hitler color. was a Hitler was a prophet. Okay, well, you're gonna stay with us then. <laughs> that is an t- elaborate tat. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's... Okay, and on to the next one. The emergence of the Aryan Brotherhood in skinhead gangs, 1970s to 1990s. This is our second to last uh, era. am putting in some time here. Damn. Very good, we're doing pretty good. 1960s, the skinhead movement in Britain coalesces out of the working class opposition to British conservatism and the upper-class mod movement and the hippie movement of the 1960s. emerges merges working-class pride with Jamaican rude-boy culture in British cities, and its followers are largely white and black Britons. So, Whoa. But this is more... Because I thought the same thing. This is more the skinhead movement. But, like...
1: Jamaican rude boy culture, maybe I don't know what that means. I'm going to tell you about it in a second. Okay, 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 okay. But
0: keep going. You can keep talking about it before.
1: No, no, no. I want to hear about it.
0: So the term rude boy and the rude boy subculture arose from the poor sections of Kingston, Jamaica, and was associated with violent, discontented youths, along with ska and rocksteady music. Many rude boys favored kind of these sharp suits, thin hat, thin ties, pork belly hats, and they kind of showed... in Fashion of like American jazz musicians, hmm. and then in the sixty in the sixties, the Jamaican dysphoria introduced rude boy music and fashion in the United Kingdom, which influenced the mod and skinhead subcultures. And one, it's just wild that a trend in Kingston, J- Jamaica, in yeah. the fifties and sixties can follow itself to the skinhead movement in America.
1: It's crazy that it's like we're gonna borrow. They're like, man, this is a great idea. Where'd you get this? Uh, just kind of came up with it it's on cute. my own. What's that? What's what are you holding behind you?
0: <laughs> is that it's a like Bob Marley and the Whalers <laughs> album? <laughs> There's a lot of steel drums in these <laughs> racist in our racist songs. Nah, man. No, 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 no. I don't know what you're talking about. It's
1: like you just crossed out black
0: black in everything and wrote white. Hey. No, no, no no no. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not true. But we're gonna eat some plantains at our next Idaho racist movement. <laughs> So that's pretty interesting, you know, that that kind of thing happened. And then, you know, cut, kind of what happens here is like more the, the skinheads go really away. This what's the 70s to late 80s. They go away from this kind of ska thing into more just like punk. And that's kind of where they get their outfits of like, you know, like a fucking bomber jacket, black pants and boots.
1: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They're like the guys who hung out at the back at the ska con- It's like, Yeah. Whoa, man. I've migrating from a yeah. guy who's like, first timer here, <laughs> flannel shirt. <laughs>
0: You see another guy Shaved his eyebrows Like oh you've been here A couple times (laughs) You've skinned your whole tells me you
1: didn't have To buy a ticket
0: (laughs) You knew the door guy Huh Okay Early 1970s Richard Butler A former silver shirt Founds the Aryan nations In Idaho He merges Nazi ideology With freeing Christian identity Movement Richard Butler Did a little thing On Richard Butler Just Mm. a smaller one Richard Gert Butler uh, Night uh, February Gert (laughs) Gert What a name Gernt, it's got this some flags popping up on that one, I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> February 23rd, 1918 to September 8th, 2004, he was an American engineer and white supremacist after dating, dedicating himself to the Christian identity movement, a racial offsuit of British Israel- Israelism. Hmm. Butler founded the neo-Nazi Aryan nations and would become the spiritual godfather to the white supremacist movement in which he was a leading figure. He has been described as a notorious racist. So he moved to Idaho and kind of just had his own thing going in Idaho. And, you know... Um, as being a coastal elite, yeah. I do tend to look down on the middle places. And mm-hmm. what, what he started doing is he would take his uh, little racist group and they would have these parades in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And the Idaho people were like, fuck this. And they made up this little task group and they kicked the shit out of these guys and they kicked them out of their little town. Or And, and they really came to bat and did a really, really good job hmm. in kicking out this guy. That's
1: awesome because I was going to say, like, I don't want to shit on Idaho, but I feel like, again, you target these areas where there's just
0: not a lot going on. And that's what he did. He moved from Palmdale. He was another Southern California. The amount of racist skinhead well, skinheads come pretty much from Southern California. Yeah, Not it's like neo weird. nazi Yeah, it is Something weird. Something
1: in the air or the water. It's I don't like know. Native American like lost souls of hate are just like in the water. Yeah, we're buried. Our whole city's
0: on an indigo barrel around. Yeah. So in 2000, Victoria and Jason Keenan, a Native American mother and son, were harassed at gunpoint by Aryan Nation's members successfully, and then they successfully sued Butler. Represented by local attorney Norm Gissel and Morris D's Montgomery, Alabama-based Southern Poverty Law Center, they won a combined civil judgment of $6.3 million from Butler and the Aryan Nation members who attacked them. Good for them. Good for them. And I was kind of seeing this. They were harassed. They weren't even like. Yeah, well, I mean, from what I understand, it was like pretty gnarly shit. They had a gun in their face and all that kind of stuff. Oh, fuck, okay. But it was just. you never see anybody sue the Crips. Right. Or anything like that. Right. I don't know if just like white guys were just LLCing and incorporating or everything It just we wasn't do. illegal to form a hate group. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what. But this was in 2000. Right. The cus- couple also received his compound, which I loved, yeah. in which they later donated to the North Idaho College, who turned it into a peace park.
1: Oh, I love
0: that, dude. I fucking Slap love in the that. fucking face, man. Not even sold it. They donated it for a yeah. peace park. So this guy, where he had his racist shit going in from what? Goddamn, what was he? The nineteen se- the early 70s to about 2000.
1: It's like, hey, we know gay marriage is still illegal here in 2000, but we're going to do gay commitment ceremonies in your fucking master bedroom yeah. of your compound. Yeah, body. yeah,
0: there's an assless chaps <laughs> gathering <laughs> fan group in your fucking bedroom. In uh, September 2000... Uh Oh, this was really gross, actually. This was one I just put in there. In September 2000, fellow Sandpoint Idaho millionaire Vincent Bertolini provided Butler with a new house in Hayden, Idaho. So I wanted to do a little bit more interest on Vincent Bertolini, but this thing started getting out of control. Oh, okay. But, uh, yeah.
1: It's like too long of a story?
0: It's just we got it. I mean, we're only about a half right now. Yeah. So, But, yeah, the guy, I don't know. I guess he was just a crazy racist or something, but... Wrong side of history to get on, man. This guy's whatever.
1: Dude, rich people—they just—they never hear no, and then it's like—you
0: know what? I think to be like uber-rich, like the the elite evils, you know. Yeah. I think you gotta have something pushing you, yeah. whether it's pedophilia, whether it's racism, whether it's anti-Semitism, cartel
1: ties, because something. Yeah, it's
0: just you gotta have something to push you so far to being like you and I both want to be rich, but we don't want to be like rock. I mean, we'd like to be Rockefellers, but I don't care about running right i don't want to be in too deep yeah like it's just like i want to live well but if you're like a guy who you have to hide out how racist you are or how much you want to fuck kids the Mm -hmm. only way to do that is to cocoon yourself with millions of dollars
1: that's why i feel like there's got to be something on richard branson that we just haven't found out yet
0: he hasn't done anything no he hasn't done he's fallen off a little recently but i mean that norton guy that norton antivirus guy. oh
1: that guy's a fucking whack job yeah
0: i saw that documentary It was pretty great he fucking lost his mind He had a very cocaine energy though mm-hmm. You know what I mean Like it's the drugs talking I honestly believe that You can kind of see When people get into meth Or all these things They start taking these crazy ideas And then Branson Or not Branson The other guy Norton Got like a weird gang To run and shit Okay so this is a, This is where like I said I mean to say it becomes More interesting But it's more of more uh, I understand what's going on 1978 But not I mean did I lie Zach is great. Um, This episode is great. But the best part is what's going to happen in part two, which comes out next week. We go a lot more into the... um more not relevant but the stuff that seems to hit a little harder at least to me because it's stuff that I'm around it's stuff that I'm seeing it's people I'm knowing it's not stuff back from the 1800s and 1900s but to me this episode had a lot of great laughs and it was very informative once again another shout out to the researcher Robin great job shout out to Zach um I did notice in the beginning of this episode I always like to tell a little uh little story about how i knew zach so zach um he came he was a sf bay area comic but didn't start in the bay so just like a couple of of my other guests uh when you don't start in san francisco back in my day um the type of people that were there like moshe kasher and some of these kind of guys they uh felt that they were better than you and they made it seem pretty obvious and so some of the guys that were on the outside we banded together, and Zach was the guy that I banded together. Um, just hit it off real early and never stopped. A uh, Really great guy. Happy move to L.A. He's got a great wife. Literally lives around the corner. Couldn't have been uh, a better blessing to have him on this podcast. Couldn't be more excited for this guy to be my friend. And, you know, it's nice. It's interesting when you start, you know, at your job and you're in the fucking mail room. And f- six years later, you guys are still friends and you moved your way up. And it's a blessing to be friends with people like that. And it's also a blessing to be able to find the right people that are worth to be friends for that long. Because just because you're friends with someone that for a while doesn't mean they should be your friend forever. I mean, if there's nothing to get rid of it, good Lord, I got friends from first. I got a best friend from first grade that I would never want to give up. But there's other guys that, you know, you got to leave. And luckily with Zach, he's not one of those guys. Um, hilarious. I always have him host my shows when I can. Check him out. The next part of this podcast, um, it's going to be a little shorter, probably about forty-five minutes. But it's a banger, man. The amount of information is so good. And um, you know, tell me, guys, how you like the new format where we do a little, little timeline and a quick synopsis. Little timeline, quick synopsis. I think it's pretty good because I think when we go just timeline, it can kind of get a little uh, mind-numbing, and I think breaking it up uh, helps. So, like I said, guys, check back next time. Next week, we got part two of the white supremacist organizations. We go up to Modern Day. We go up to a couple crazy cases they have. Um, stuff's good. This was a good one. I'm not going to lie. This podcast is getting its legs under it. Mainly thanks to you guys for listening. Thanks for my guests. Thanks for my researchers. Thanks for everybody. Make sure you check out the Hesby Street Pod. If we're going to go TV shows, my recommendation. I always try to give you some. I like this this new show. or this show called Dirty John. Um, laughably terrible acting, but you know, um, but it's because they're portraying real life people that are like orange County douchebaggy people that just act this way. And I got to say the shit hits after a while, got me locked in. It's the new one I'm doing with the girlfriend. You know, if you got a girlfriend, you got to save your show. This one hit, um, the second season, they say is even better, but you know, by the fourth or fifth episode, I finally gotten into it. Give it some time. I mean, the acting's so bad in the beginning, but it's not the actors because the actors are good. It's just that they're portraying these, uh, you know, rich, elite, dumbasses, and it's an amazing show, guys, thanks for checking in, thanks for watching it, um, see you soon, man, come out to a show, I'm gonna be all around the world, we're all around America, so, see you soon, thanks again, shout out to Zach, shout out to Robin, shout out to everybody, shout out to you listening, love you. bye.